You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. The world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library. Featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor, Be Here or be nowhere. The Savage Nation Podcast. Catch the Michael Savage Podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Does it feel like the Christmas season? Of course not. It does not feel like the Christmas season whatsoever. It feels like a dreary Tuesday night in December. Christmas, what's Christmas? This season has been, well, you know it. It's been monetized, secularized, commercialized. It's been happening for a very long time. I give credit to Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly warned about this, that war on Christmas, is, quite frankly, at the time, I didn't take very seriously. I thought, come on, I can, uh, we can all practice our faith. Uh, we're not under siege. He was right. He was ahead of his time. It's happened. Now, where is Christmas? It doesn't feel like Christmas. It's really too bad that people never hear the message of Christ during the week, that our salvation, that the key to uh, peace, serenity, purpose on earth is available to all of us, and everlasting life after earth is available to all of us. No, if you start talking it like that, you might offend somebody. Somebody somewhere might feel uncomfortable, or at least that's the, uh, that's the rationale. So, forgive me. Let's talk about uh, mm, stuff. Expecting someone else? Ho, ho, no. It's the holidays, and we are all about it. However you jingle, we got your jammies. Eggnog, egg roll, you do you, boo. Lovely weather for a golf cart ride together. Or however you want to slay. Nice, nice. It's the naughty ones who make history. All of the jingle jammies, all of the gifts. Happy holidays from Old Navy. Hey, it's cute, but if only that were part of holiday season, Christmas season, not all of Christmas. This materialism defines it, and when they're not talking about stuff, they're 
offering up little ridiculous stories like these that I've read, that I've actually followed before. Uh, what? Ways to avoid a hangover. Uh, ways to lose the weight that you're going to probably gain this Christmas season. Uh, here's one. The Washington Post had to set up the ultimate uh, bar in your house. This stuff pervades. But again, when you start talking about the peace and serenity that Christ offers, the salvation, stand by and stand back. At least that's what society does. I mean, I think the people want more, don't you? The people who control the culture, though, they want a godless society. The people don't, however. I saw this, and it gave me a lot of encouragement. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reported that there is a beautiful miniseries uh, that is independently funded, funded by regular people about Jesus. In this story, it reports as follows. Viewers have poured $40 million and counting into the production of this show, enough to pay for three out of a planned seven seasons. Let's take a look at it. His care is for women, for the vulnerable. Blasphemy is not harmless. Well, the Pharisees were pretty upset. Sometimes you gotta stir up the water. They're martyrs with a persecution complex. I want to kill him. Do you want to be healed? (laughs) I'm intrigued, aren't you? Looks beautiful. Now, a lot of folks would prefer to make fun of that because, uh, well, that's the thing to do, right? Take a shot at Christianity. Uh, Even Christians do it. Even Christians do it. It's amazing how society, I'm not talking about our government, I'm talking about society, wants us to be as irreligious, religion-free as possible. And a lot of other places have done that throughout history. Places like China, places like North Korea. How about the former Soviet Union? Uh, How about America? How about Iran? Um, notice I said America, (laughs) uh, yes, America too. And when you can kick somebody off of social media, like Donald Trump, that's, uh, that's a problem. If you can shut down Donald Trump, you can shut down a small church on your block. It actually happened here in New York city. This cancel culture is part of the secularist plan, I think to stifle our way of life, including, first and foremost, probably religion. When famous people get canceled, ordinary people, non-famous, can be canceled as well. And we can only talk about, like in those countries I just mentioned, certain issues, right? They love worrying about white supremacy, but when a person of color, probably motivated by anti-white hate, at least according to his social media profile, when he allegedly gets behind the wheel and does this, it is censored, it is banned, it is chased from the news cycle. (laughs) Just before Thanksgiving, this happened, everybody. Six people were killed from the ages of, I believe, Eight all the way up to, was it 81? Why? It looks like 
The alleged killer here, Daryl Brooks, was motivated by anti-white hate, and no one's talking about it. And the White House, let's face it, they have a lot of prestige. There's leadership, a leadership component, at least a leadership capacity in that White House. They could lead. They could talk about this. What was their reaction? Since the president said that this administration is monitoring the situation in Waukesha closely, it has been revealed by prosecutors that the assailant, the assailant swerved his truck side to side as part of an intentional act to run over as many people as possible. Six people are dead. Some children remain hospitalized. Why hasn't the president visited the members of this Christmas parade attack? Well, I would say first, um, as you saw the president convey last week, our hearts go out to this community, to the people in Waukesha, that we've been in touch, obviously, with officials there, and we're all watching as people are recovering, and this is such a difficult time of year for, for this to happen. It's a difficult any time. Uh, obviously, any president going to visit a community requires a lot of assets, requires taking their resources, and uh, it's not something that I have a, a trip previewed at this plan, point in time, but we remain in touch with local officials. And certainly our, our hearts are with the community as they've gone through such a difficult time. Go ahead. All right. Let's be real here. Jen, you weren't able to exploit what happened in Waukesha for political purposes. You thought you could exploit what happened in Atlanta earlier this year. The shooting of those uh, therapists at the uh, spas and uh, the other folks. You went down there. Joe Biden did with Kamala Harris to allege it was a result of white supremacy, even though law enforcement said otherwise. You ran out to El Paso when Joe was running for president, again, complaining of alleged white supremacy. Uh, let's see. George uh, Floyd's funeral. Joe Biden made sure he made an appearance again. All that white supremacy. January 6th has been an yet another occasion uh, for Joe Biden. It's the gift that keeps on giving a cudgel to use against Trump supporters and again invoke their precious white supremacy theory. Jacob Blake, Joe Biden was there all over it in the aftermath of those horrible riots not on the side of law enforcement, but on the side of those who instigated the violence. That's not helping the soul of America. And that's what Joe said he was going to do, remember? We're in the battle for the soul of this nation. Oh, that's even more true today. We are in the battle for the soul of this nation. This is a battle for the soul of the United States of America. We're in an incredibly perilous moment, as all of you know. Winning means uniting America, not sowing more division and anger. I sought this office to restore the soul of America, to rebuild the backbone of this nation, to overcome these challenges, to restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity. Well, I agree. The soul of America is uh, being tested right now. It's at risk. In fact, it's being crushed. And here are three areas Joe could, if he were a leader, address immediately. Number one, police not being backed up. All right. Back up law enforcement. Stand for law and order. You know what's going on in Portland right now? Portland. And you saw how the, they treated the cops up there. They have unfortunately been forced to say they cannot respond to or they will only respond to life-threatening crimes. Quality of life, misdemeanors, they won't be able to handle it. They've been defunded. They've been abused by their own population. That's what's happening in 
places like Portland and all across the country. What about traditional gender roles? Why is it that 80% of the Democrat Party is worried about the five people in America who have genuine gender dysphoria, transgender issues? Did you see this? Uh, A University of Pennsylvania transgender swimmer continues dominant season with more record-breaking wins. So uh, looks like we had a swimmer. He was a guy named Will, and now it's a girl named uh, Leah. And uh, Leah, the person, is tearing it up as a swimmer now on the women's team. Uh, Swam previously on the men's team, but as a woman, she broke two U.S. women's swimming records, set three school records, won three events. Obviously, they shouldn't count, at least in my book. I mean, it's comical what's happening here in the pool. The arrow, that depicts her. Uh, She laps him like five times. Take it full. She's going to crush all of her competitors. Uh, And it's because, let's face it, biologically, uh, Leah is a male. And uh, it gets worse. I mean, this is a total blowout. And there's a reason, we all know it, why there are women's sports and men's sports. There are inherent differences biologically that cannot be reversed by some hormone treatments and uh, one surgery. This is, look, it's always, I guess, going to be an issue for some people, but does it have to dominate the national conversation? Joe could apply some leadership here. I know Donald Trump would. Women's sports is for women. Men's sports is for men. Transgender, perhaps their own league. Who knows? Who knows? I also want to say this to Joe. Maybe you could do something about the overt racism being encouraged and being flaunted against white people. In America, there's a thing about both white vigilantism and white tears, particularly male white tears. Really white tears in general, because that's what Karen's are, right? They Karen out, and then as soon as they get caught, it's like, So this is really bad racism from Joy Reid. She is a primetime host on MSNBC. She says it and lots of people are saying it. And it's culturally in this moment, okay to say hateful things against an entire race of people. Joe Biden, this is a clear opportunity for presidential leadership, but you won't take it because you're out for yourself. A career politician, he's been doing it for years, shaking hands, doing favors, asking for favors, but leadership, that's not his game. Obviously, we know that. We know that. What is his game? Himself, his family. All right. We all know he loves Hunter. We all know that Hunter has uh, big problems. We actually know that They're really, really close. It's one thing to take a picture like this. It's an entirely different matter to take a picture like this. What Joe was telegraphing, I think, to the swamp and international potential clients, get close to Joe, get close to Hunter, same thing, same thing. Here's Joe bragging about how we could get things done in Ukraine. Hmm. Well, How did things go between Joe and Vladimir Putin today? I'm not optimistic because the fake news may be reluctant to report all that stuff on the laptop and all the concerns, genuine concerns about Joe's potential conflict of interest. But I don't think Vladimir Putin is afraid to hear that information. I don't think he's afraid to dispatch his own investigators to find out everything there is to know about Joe Biden. You know, they have a 
Well, they don't have the KGB any, anymore, right? But they have something like it. We have a CIA. We investigate world leaders. What do you think their file on Joe Biden says, huh? I'd love to see that. In the meantime, uh, I don't think Joe is a good negotiator. This is what he said happened between himself and Vladimir Putin about 10 years ago or so when Joe was vice president. This seems like a very wrong thing to say. I know I got criticized when I was last with Putin and we were in his office alone. And I was, he wanted to show me his magnificent office, and it was. And I had my arms up. I said, it's amazing what capitalism will do. <laughs> and as I turned, we were coincidentally just about this far apart, looking at each other. And I said, and I wasn't being a wise guy. I said, Mr. President, I'm looking into your eyes, and you have no soul. And he looked back at me, and he said, we understand one another. It's important to understand, not to threaten, to understand the other, where the other person's coming from. Joe, I don't believe you, because Joe, you're a liar. <laughs> Ever notice that all the cool stories happen when Joe is alone, okay? We were alone in the Oval. None of that happened, and even if it did, it was probably the worst thing to possibly say. Go figure. Hey, uh, coming up, why are the baseball steroid hearings from about 15 years ago, why are they relevant today? We'll talk about it when we come back. Hey, I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app, and it downloads directly to your smartphone, so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app, or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's All I can say... Is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do Possibly the worst of all the fake news is MSNBC's Morning Joe. Wow. So every now and then, just for laughs, I turn it on. All right. And this time, I, wasn't, I thought I was hallucinating, actually. I didn't laugh so much. So at 7 o'clock, all right, 7 in the morning. This is a morning show, Morning Joe. I thought we'd get a little bit of news, a little bit of headlines, a little bit, this is going on, this is going to happen today. No. Compressed it. But this is the first 10 minutes of the show. Compressed, little editing, but we did not alter in any way the content of what they were talking about. <laughs> Joe loved his stir-fried tofu last night. This is night. just not true. What? You know what? It was meatless Monday, Monday yesterday. For vegan a lot. dumplings, soybeans, tofu. For, I asked Meek, I said, burn it. Burn I it did, hard. I did, I did fry and it. And she did. She fried it up. And are you, you watching oh, I week haven't after done it. week after week? I, I, no, I have not. I have to catch up this whole last season. Did, did we ever talk about the morning show? Did you end up uh, watching yep. the morning show? Yep. You see this season as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Aniston is so good in it that you go through the entire season going, man, 
Why did I ever like her in France? <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't watch TV. Actually, <laughs> unless masterpiece no theater or morning garbage. Absolutely, I've been watching uh, Succession and completely caught up. But the last ten minutes left me reeling, uh, mm. and were yeah. so difficult to watch. I had to get up and walk around. Very different than Ted Lasso. I'll also put my hand up to say I loved Only Murders in the Building. Uh, this year oh. it was a great. Oh my God, amazing. amazing. Uh, Fantastic. Wow. Okay, That's now fantastic. to the news. <laughs> Ten minutes. Ten minutes of that. Uninteresting, unfunny, uncool, and they didn't talk about any of the cool shows that I'm watching. That's how they roll over there. And then when they get down the business, mm, Trump supporters. Uh, this is a new one. You are elite and you are out of touch. A lot of Donald Trump's most outspoken supporters drive around in Porsches, drive around in Mercedes, drive around in BMWs. They're lawyers, they're accountants, they're doctors, they're hedge fund uh, managers. Uh, they, they, they work at banks. Like, they, they, they go around on their yachts. They have obscene flags uh, like flying from you know, the fronts of their mansions. That's what doesn't fit this time. This this isn't uh, this isn't somebody left behind in, you know, rural Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, that's what I think about when I think of Trump supporters. Mansions and yachts. Right. Show me some of those mansions and yachts. Um, now. When you're not being elitist, uh, Trump supporters, you're being racist and you're still mad because of Barack Obama that he became president, a black man. Yes, that's what Joe thinks. I had been a skeptic for quite some time that the election of Barack Obama was such a shock to so many white Americans that they just never got over it. 13 years later, I'm just running out of explanations for the radicalism that has swept the Republican Party. I know, I know there's always underlying strands of racism in that party. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> he could not have become president, Barack Obama, without the support of white people, all right? And, uh, Hey, whatever did happen to Joe's uh, intern all those years ago? Uh, NBC, talk about a network high on its own supply. News is happening now. Look at what's making headlines around the world. Right now on Morning News Now. Tonight, the major announcement of the COVID vaccine. And this is a significant moment. Your news, whenever it happens, wherever you are, it's here now. Gosh, full of cliches, breaking news, news you need to know. And notice while you watch that, they're always talking. They're always yapping. Every single one of them. You never see them talking to anybody, listening. It's always running their mouths, listening to themselves. It's an echo chamber. They call it an echo chamber for a reason. Their most important audience is each other. All right. Something else. That swimmer who uh, used to be a boy and is now a girl and is now, well, a champion in girls swimming. Uh, obviously, it's an unfair advantage. And there was a point in this country where we decried unfair advantages. We had national conversations about 
unfair advantages. Remember that whole uh, uh, the steroid scandal, baseball, and they had congressional hearings uh, on the matter about 15 years ago. It has been represented that this committee has been called to get to the bottom of steroid use in baseball. There has been a problem with steroid use in baseball. Like any sport where there is pressure to perform at the highest level and there has been no testing to control performance-enhancing drugs, problems develop. Steroid use becomes legitimized in large part because young people emulate star athletes. So it's going to take stars to combat stars. Um, interesting. Young people do emulate athletes. And uh, could that be happening with this transgender movement and this athlete here? Is that going to will there be emulation? I don't know. But clearly, um, we don't like chemical advantage steroids. Do we like this kind of advantage? I don't think so. It seems clearly unfair. Leah is now winning like crazy. And I don't think she was nearly as good when she or he was competing against men. All right. We have to talk about Hunter Biden and his art for a moment. A phony artist, of course. An interesting report from the White House. Take a look. United States strategy on countering corruption. We threw in a little music for some reason. <laughs> uh, hey, we hate corruption, right? We hate all kinds of corruption. And this report from the White House issued uh, recently reports this. The markets for art and antiquities and the market participants who facilitate transactions are especially vulnerable to a range of financial crimes. Built-in opacity, lack of stable and predictable pricing, and inherent cross-border transportability of goods sold make the market optimal for illicit value transfer, sanctions evasion, and corruption. Sounds like somebody we know, artist Hunter Biden, right? This is potentially perfect for him. Now we know why he took up painting at the age of 51. We'll be right back. As Democrats still throw around those uh, subpoenas for people who were not there on January 6th, they're basically harassing anybody who worked for Donald Trump. Uh, we still have grave concerns about what happened to Ashley Babbitt. We can't forget her. We can't forget what happened to her. Obviously, the shooting, uh, her killing was uh, completely unjustified. She wasn't posing a deadly risk or threat to anyone when she was shot by Lieutenant Byrd. One of the many questions I have, why did these cops, three of them, just walk away? Now, this is just before she was shot. The situation is chaotic, but also kind of calm at the same time. It's loud, but actually under control in its own way. You'll see here three officers walk away from that door uh, that leads to the house chamber, the hallway right outside it. And then once those cops leave, you can see... All hell breaks loose. Those protesters, rioters, whatever you want to call them, uh, start breaking down the door. And the cops are just looking at them. 
And about 30 seconds later, Ashley Babbitt is shot. Why did those cops walk away? I'd like to know, wouldn't you? Also, learn this about Lieutenant Bird. Now, he is the one who fired the weapon and shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. Here's a reminder. This is what he sounds like. He was interviewed by Lester Holt a few months ago. I was taking a tactical stance. You're ultimately hoping that your commands will be complied with, and unfortunately, they were not. When you fired, what could you see? Where were you aiming? You're taught to aim for center mass. Uh, The subject was sideways, and I could not see her full motion of her hands or anything. Um, So I guess her movement, you know, caused the uh, discharge to to fall where it did. And what did you think this individual was doing at at that moment? She was posing a threat. His explanation makes no sense. And by the way, she has to be posing a deadly threat, a deadly threat. She was unarmed. All right. This was a bad shooting. And I think he's a bad guy, quite frankly. So now they're trying to raise money for him. A friend set up a GoFundMe page. So far, they've raised one hundred and twenty two thousand dollars of a fifty thousand dollar goal. Keep in mind a couple of things here. Number one, he never missed a paycheck. And also. Uh, sources close to the matter tell me that Lieutenant Byrd has had to file for personal bankruptcy twice in his life, years before January 6th. This is an opportunity for him to make some easy money, it looks like to me. Now, we're still not finding out some basic things about January 6th. That cop, that little cop who let all the people in, I want to know about that. I want to hear from that cop more than I want to hear from Mark Meadows and what happened in the uh, the White House uh, four miles away. I also want to know why those cops were letting people in, standing on either side of that hallway. You've seen the footage. The people come in. The cops have every opportunity to stop them, and they don't. You'll see it in a moment. Uh, there they are. Hi. Hi, guys. How's it going? We're just uh, coming inside. Why don't they stop them? Hmm? Makes absolutely no sense. Now, there's an inspector general of the Capitol Hill Police. He's noted a lot of shortcomings uh, in that department. He's tiptoeing around the issue, but uh, he gave a report uh, not long ago. Department still lacks an overall training infrastructure to meet the needs of the department. The level of intelligence gathering and expertise needed and an overall cultural change needed to move the department into a protective agency as opposed to a traditional police department. All right. Training's messed up. Culture's messed up. Basically, the entire... That's code. That's bureaucratic speak. He works there. He's got to be careful. That department is broken. If only they had... Well, when they were marching on Capitol Hill, when they were coming, they were escorted by uh, elements of the police, Uh, This was not a total shock. They knew they were coming. How could they have screwed this thing up so badly? If only they had planned for January 6th, as well as they planned for this photo shoot with the motorcycles all in front of the Capitol. Looks very, very cool, doesn't it? If you look at the social media accounts of the Capitol Hill police, very, very sophisticated, like so many others in America these days, all about the image not about getting the job done. We'll be right back. 
it's Christmas time. Christmas time. What does that mean? Stuff, material, merchandise, secularized, everything that Christmas is all about, supposed to be all about. It's a dim rumor at best. You got articles like these all over the place, uh, how to get over your hangover, uh, how to lose weight, how to, after you get over it, how to build a bar in your basement. The message of Christmas, Christmas, Christ is in Christmas, right? Do you remember Bill O'Reilly? We talked about this earlier in the show. He talked about the war on Christmas. It looks like the secular left may have won that war, at least as far as our culture goes. I'd like to bring in our panel, Eric Metaxas, host of the Eric Metaxas radio show. He is the author of Is Atheism Dead? And Mark Simone from iHeartRadio, the great talk show host, of course. Uh, Eric, um, every year we have this conversation, it seems, but... I really do think that O'Reilly was, um, it might have been a ratings trick at first, but he was onto something. He was ahead of his time, and I believe the war, at least culturally, has been fought and almost won by the left. Okay, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I know you can handle it. I like you. You're smart. You ready? <laughs> the war on Christmas has been fought and lost by the religious Christians, the people who go to church, if they really celebrated Christmas, if they really, really believe the insane idea that God sent his son to this world, et cetera, et cetera, if they really believed that and lived it out, it would be no contest. People who say they're Christians, what they really mean is, I'm not a Jew, I'm not an atheist, I'm not a Muslim, I guess I'm a Christian. They really act in a secular way. Way And so it's up to us who claim to believe this to decide, do I really believe this? Did it really happen? If it did happen, if this is true, if this story is more than a fairy tale, it is the most amazing story in the history of the world. Some people have called it the greatest story ever told. If people who call themselves Christians, I'm not talking about Gentiles, I'm talking about Christians, actually believed this and lived it out as though it were true, because it is, it would be a totally different ballgame. It's easy for us to attack the left. The left doesn't really have to do anything except, you know, uh, it's kind of like Lucy with the football. You know, you don't have to kick the football. You can't blame Lucy. What you say makes a lot of sense. And I am rather new on my faith journey. And as a someone, I don't want to say newly converted, but newly alive in my faith, I am surprised that more people are not talking about the peace, the serenity, uh, everlasting life that is available through Christ. Now, Mark, I don't know if you were expecting this kind of a conversation, but um, I I do think, though, there is, and, and Eric, I would like you to weigh in on this, there is this feeling, well, we don't want to offend anybody. We believe, but we don't want to offend anybody. Now, I know Mark is very comfortable offending anybody, so Mark, please weigh in. Of course, there's a war on Christmas. Uh, I see people with signs, all holidays matter, you know, fighting this uh, war on Christmas. Uh, And it seems every year the war on Christmas starts earlier and earlier. Hey, and by the way, all you people, could you start a war on Thanksgiving, too? I'm not crazy about Thanksgiving. (laughs) Not my favorite holiday. But uh, the left will always argue that it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's uh, it's ginned up. 
But try to put a Christmas tree uh, on a municipal building and see what happens. Try to put a wreath up and you'll, you'll see what happens. It, it does exist. There's a war on everything nowadays from the left. There's a war on the police department. There's a war on jails. There's a war on every word you want to say. They, 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 there's a war on normalcy. That's where the war is. Mark, I think you are correct. There is a war. There is the left. Yes, they waged a campaign. But, Eric, I think I agree with you. Too much of we we kind of just surrendered, right? Of course I agree with Mark. There's no question. But the point is, whether you're a conservative, a patriot, a Christian, I don't care. If we don't fight back, if we don't push back, I had a neighbor ask me one day. He put up a wreath on his door in New York City, and he asked me— I'm, I'm not joking. Is this okay with you? Does this maybe offend you? I wanted to punch him. I said, are you joking? He wasn't joking. It is people like that who are so worried about offending anybody that they have themselves become everything is meaningless. If you believe this is a great country, if you believe we should celebrate Columbus Day, Thanksgiving, all these things, Celebrate it with everything you have. Celebrate it unapologetically. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on people. I'm gonna say you don't believe that. You yourself don't believe this is a great country. Even though people died so we could have freedom, you don't believe uh, the Bible is true, that God is true. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so timid. Your timidity betrays your fear, your lack of beliefs. We have to figure out, do we believe these things? And if you believe it, you better live like you do. And then you're not going to worry what people think. You're going to know you're doing them a favor because you're telling them the truth. And they didn't know it yet. I love it, Eric. I love it. Mark, final thoughts? You know, uh, the Puritans, that was the last time we saw anything like this, where they were offended by every little thing. Believe it or not, I think it was in the 1650s. They banned the celebration of Christmas for a while. I mean, so you're going back to this ridiculous puritanical nonsense. Eric Metaxas, we appreciate it. Mark Simone, of course, we appreciate it. To be continued, gentlemen, oh, check out Mark on iHeartRadio, of course. And Eric's book is Atheism Dead. It came out uh, uh, just about six weeks ago, available wherever books are sold. We'll be right back. As you can hear the chants from the crowd, let's go, Brandon. Hey, we got to keep this let's go Brandon thing going. And uh, a guy in Massachusetts is doing his part. He just started the first ever, we believe, let's go Brandon store where you can get all kinds of let's go Brandon merchandise. He's got seven locations. Uh, Keith Lambert is the owner and Keith joins us right now from Attleboro, Massachusetts. Keith, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Good. How are you, Greg? Terrific. Great idea. How are sales? Sales are great. I mean, people are just so excited. They're coming in and they finally have a voice, a place to go so that they can just share with other conservatives and just be free of all the all the hate that's out there for us. So uh, tell us a little bit about what. Well, number one, I mean, look, we all heard the uh, let's go, Brandon, chat chant. We got thought it was funny. We knew the real message behind it. But you're the only guy who started the store. Um, why you? Why'd you do it? Well, because we, we have, uh, at one point, 22 uh, Trump stores doing it for Trump. And that that happened right out, right up till the election. After that, we closed some of the stores and we're trying to figure out what people wanted. And people are asking for 
you know, F Joe Biden stuff. And I'm like, uh, okay. So we started carrying some of that and I uh, was a little leery at first, but I'll tell you, it just went crazy. And then thank God for the newscaster for this, let's go Brandon stuff. As soon as I saw that, I knew it was going to be a home run and that was it. We, we just took off from there. All right. Terrific. Hey, you make your own stuff, you get it shipped in uh, and tell us a little bit about uh, some of the product. Yeah, so we have carry hoodies, T-shirts, hats, flags, uh, Christmas tree ornaments, and lots of bumper stickers, and uh, pl- just plenty of different items that people can feel free to wear. Uh, a lot of people are buying their kids' clothes to go to school with, so that they can, you know, express themselves and not have to worry about all the ridicule that they get. And uh, it's just, it's just a real fun, exciting place to go. Well, it depends on where they go to school. <laughs> well, if you get ridiculed or not, who knows what could happen if you wear one. And look, I love it. I love it. But uh, ooh, be careful there. Hey, uh, if people, you've got these locations, actually a whole bunch of them. We have a map, I think. Let's go ahead and put it up on the screen. You're all over Massachusetts and you got one in Rhode Island, it looks like, as well. Uh, That's God, God bless you. That's uh, that you're quite. Now, look. Massachusetts, by the way, is a is a is a blue state big time, although I know there are conservatives up there, too. You getting any heat from anybody? The thing is this. We when it went viral on the local channels, the local Facebook groups, there was like one hundred ninety seven comments. And if you read the comments, there was seven bad comments, seven negative and one hundred ninety. But those seven people, they make such a big disturbance, those few people. And that's the difference. All right. So, uh, oh. We got to get this done. Um, I can't get up to Massachusetts, but I might like to buy something. Do you have a website, please? We we do, we do. It's uh, and it's it, www.nefortrump.com. So any for Trump. N e for Trump. What's the N e for? New England for Trump. Who? New England. New England for Trump. That was the original name of the company. Makes sense. NE4Trump.com. Go there and get all your stuff. Sounds good. Hey, um, you mentioned the moment where the newscaster at that NASCAR race was, uh, well, this is where it was born. We thought we'd take a quick look. Oh, my God. Just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me. I can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. You know, I love it. And, you know, I'm still I can't believe that reporter. I like to talk to that reporter. Did she did she think she was fooling us or was she genuinely fooled? What do you think happened there? I I don't know. I want to say that she was just trying to twist it. But there was no way that was getting twisted. There was just no way. It was very clear what was being said. All right. Um, well, listen, I admire what you're doing. Entrepreneurial. That's America. And uh, I wish you continued success and uh, keep in Trump uh, touch. <laughs> keep in Trump. NE4Trump.com. NE4Trump.com. Uh, many, any, uh, any ideas for the future? What are you going to do after this? Unfortunately, sooner or later, the let's go Brandon thing is probably going to subside. But who knows? What's your follow up? The thing is, there's always going to be something that the other side is going to be upset about. And whatever that is, they get so inflamed by it that we want to just show it and we want to express ourselves. And that will be the thing when it comes out. That'll be it. All right. Keith Lambert, (laughs) keep it up. I like your style. I like your ingenuity. And uh, let's stay in touch. Okay. thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. You bet. We'll be right back. 
go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. All right, good news. Uh, my baby daughter, Madeline, younger sister of Annalise, is home from the hospital with her mother, my wife, Judith. And uh, it's terrific. Tonight is the first night. Four people and a family under the same roof. It's going to be fun. we have any other pictures of her? The other one where she's all swaddled up? There we go. Um, anyway, I'm very, very happy and uh, thought I'd share with you these photos again. Try to take some more. Thanks so much. Stand by for Stinchfield. See you tomorrow. 37 seconds. It's a two. Oh, my God. All right, I'll be right back with her, okay? Is the whole family here, then? You're first.